Chapter 37 of McClellan's Own Story by George Brinton McClellan. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mike Manalakis. Chapter 37 Private Letters, September 15th to October 1st, 1862. Telegram, Headquarters, Army of the Potomac, September 15th. We have carried the heights near here after a hard engagement and gained a glorious victory. All your particular friends well. September 15th, Monday, 9.30 a.m., Bolivar. Just sent you a telegram informing you that we yesterday gained a glorious and complete victory. Every moment adds to its importance. I am pushing everything after them with the greatest rapidity and expect to gain great results. I thank God most humbly for his great mercy. How glad I am for my country that it is delivered from immediate peril. I am about starting with a pursuit and must close this. If I can believe one-tenth of what is reported, God has seldom given an army a greater victory than this. Telegram near Sharpsburg, September 16, 1862, 7 a.m. Have reached thus far and have no doubt delivered Pennsylvania and Maryland. Army in excellent spirits. September 18th, 8 a.m., camp near Sharpsburg. We fought yesterday a terrible battle against the entire rebel army. The battle continued 14 hours and was terrific. The fighting on both sides was superb. General result was in our favor. That is to say, we gained a great deal of ground and held it. It was a success, but whether a decided victory depends upon what occurs today. I hope that God has given us a great success. It is all in his hands, and there I am content to leave it. The spectacle yesterday was the grandest I could conceive of. Nothing could be more sublime. Those in whose judgment I rely tell me that I fought the battle splendidly, and that it was a masterpiece of art. I am well nigh tired out by anxiety and want of sleep. God has been good in sparing the lives of all my staff. Generals Hooker, Sedgwick, Dana, Richardson, and Hartsuff, and several other general officers wounded. Mansfield is dead, I fear, but am not certain. I just learned that he is not mortally wounded. September 20th, 8 a.m., Camp near Sharpsburg. Yesterday, the enemy completed his evacuation of Maryland, completely beaten. We got many prisoners, muskets, colors, cannon, etc. His loss in killed and wounded was very great. So is ours, unfortunately. General Mansfield was killed, or rather died of his wounds. General Sedgwick, Richardson, Dana, Brooks, Hooker, Weber, Rodman, and two others were wounded on Wednesday. Poor Henry Kingsbury died of his wounds the day after the battle. The battle lasted 14 hours and was, without doubt, the most severe ever fought on this continent, and few more desperate were ever fought anywhere. 9 a.m. I'm glad to say that I am much better today, for to tell you the truth, I have been under the weather since the battle. The want of rest and anxiety brought on my old disease. The battle of Wednesday was a terrible one. I presume the loss will prove not less than 10,000 on each side. Our victory was complete, and the disorganized rebel army has rapidly returned to Virginia. Its dreams of invading Pennsylvania dissipated forever. I feel some little pride in having, with a beaten and demoralized army, defeated Lee so utterly and saved the North so completely. 
Well, one of these days, history will, I trust, do me justice in deciding that it was not my fault that the campaign of the peninsula was not successful. Since I left Washington, Stanton has again asserted that I, not Pope, lost the Battle of Manassas Number 2. I am tired of fighting against such disadvantages, and feel that it is now time for the country to come to my help and remove these difficulties from my path. If my countrymen will not open their eyes and assist themselves, they must pardon me if I decline longer to pursue the thankless avocation of serving them. September 20th, 9 p.m., Camp near Sharpsburg. I feel that I have done all that can be asked in twice saving the country. If I continue in its service, I have at least the right to demand a guarantee that I shall not be interfered with. I know I cannot have that assurance so long as Stanton continues in the position of Secretary of War and Halleck as General-in-Chief. I can retire from the service for sufficient reasons without leaving any stain upon my reputation. I feel now that this last short campaign is a sufficient legacy for our child, so far as honor is concerned. You should see my soldiers now. You never saw anything like their enthusiasm. It surpasses anything you ever imagined. My tent is filled quite to overflowing with trophies in the way of captured secesh battle flags. We have more than have been taken in all battles put together, and all sorts of inscriptions on them. September 21st, Sunday, A.M. Do you know that I have not heard one word from Halleck, the President, nor the Secretary of War about the last great battle? All except fault-finding that I have had since leaving Washington was one from the President about the Sunday battle, in which he says, God bless you and all with you. That is all I have, but plenty from Halleck couched in almost insulting language and prophesying disaster. I telegraphed him last night that I regretted the uniformly fault-finding tone of his dispatches, and that he had not as yet found leisure to notice the recent achievements of my army. September 22nd, 9 a.m. I rode out on the battlefield yesterday. The burial of the dead is by this time completed, and a terrible work it has been, for the slain counted by thousands on each side. I look upon this campaign as substantially ended and my present intention is to seize Harper's Ferry and hold it with a strong force, then go to work and reorganize the army ready for another campaign. I shall not go to Washington, if I can help it, but will try to reorganize the army somewhere near Harper's Ferry or Frederick. It may be that, now that the government is pretty well over their scare, they will begin again with their persecutions and throw me overboard again. I don't care if they do. I have the satisfaction of knowing that God has, in his mercy, a second time made me the instrument for saving the nation, and am content with the honor that has fallen to my lot. I have seen enough of public life. No motive of ambition can now retain me in the service. The only thing that can keep me there will be the conviction that my country needs my services and that circumstances make it necessary for me to render them. I am confident that the poison still rankles in the veins of my enemies at Washington, and that so long as they live it will remain there. I have received no papers containing the news of the last battle, and do not know the effect it has produced on the northern mind. I trust it has been a good one, and that I am re-established in the confidence of the best people of the nation. Everything quiet today. Not a shot fired as yet. I am moving troops down to Harper's Ferry, and hope to occupy it tomorrow. Then I will have the Potomac clear. September 23rd, Tuesday, 8 a.m., Sharpsburg Camp. 
The weather is splendid, though I should like a little rain to raise the Potomac slightly. We are all well. I am entirely well now, and rather better for my little attack of illness. September 25th, 7.30 a.m. We are so near the mountains that it is quite cold at night. I think the health of our men is improving much. They look a great deal better than they did on the peninsula. Eyes look brighter and faces better. My plans are not easily given, for I really do not know whether I am to do as I choose or not. I shall keep on doing what seems best until brought up with a round turn. My own judgment is to watch the line of the Potomac until the water rises, then to concentrate everything near Harper's Ferry, reorganize the army as promptly as possible, and then, if Secesh remains near Winchester, to attack him. If he retires, to follow him up and attack him near Richmond. It is very doubtful whether I shall remain in the service after the rebels have left this vicinity. The President's late proclamation, the continuation of Stanton and Halleck in office, render it almost impossible for me to retain my commission and self-respect at the same time. It is a mercy of God that none of my staff have been hit, considering how much they have been exposed to danger. They have had plenty of horses killed, sabers hit, clothes cut, etc., but have thus far escaped unhurt. I'm going on a visit to Harper's Ferry this morning. September 26, 10.30 p.m., Sharpsburg Camp. Pretty well tired out by a long ride to Harper's Ferry today. I rode down in my ambulance, but when there, took a long and fatiguing ride on horseback over the Maryland Heights to determine upon the question of its defense. I did not have time to go over the Virginia side, but propose doing that tomorrow. Our camp will be thrown a little down in that direction tomorrow, so I shall not have quite so far to travel in returning. It is so cool this evening that I have a fire in front of my tent and am sitting in my overcoat. September 29th, Sharpsburg, A.M. I think Secesh has gone to Winchester. The last I heard last night was to that effect. If he has gone there, I will be able to arrange my troops more with a view to comfort, and, if it will only rain a little so as to raise the river, will feel quite justified in asking for a short leave. We are having very fine weather. Not yet even have I a word from anyone in Washington about the Battle of the Antietam, and nothing in regard to South Mountain, except from the President in the following. Your dispatch received. God bless you and all with you. Can't you beat them some more before they get off? I don't look for any thanks. P.M. I have been hard at work all day upon a preliminary report of the recent battles, and find that, in order to arrive at anything like the truth, I must tomorrow take all my aides to the ground and talk with them there. I would really prefer fighting three battles to writing the report of one. You can hardly imagine the difficulties of such a task. You are necessarily combating the amour propre of every officer concerned when you say one word in commendation of anybody else. I ought to treat Burnside very severely, and probably will. Yet, I hate to do it. He is very slow, is not fit to command more than a regiment. If I treat him as he deserves, he will be my mortal enemy hereafter. If I do not praise him as he thinks he deserves, and as I know he does not, he will be at least a very lukewarm friend. I mention this merely as an instance that you will comprehend. October 1st, 7.30 a.m., a cloudy day. If it does not rain, I think I will go to Williamsport in Hagerstown today to see that part of the country for there is no telling but that I might have to fight a battle there one of these days, and it is very convenient to know the ground. In this last battle, the rebels possessed an immense advantage in knowing every part of the ground, 
while I only knew what I could see from a distance. I rode all over the battlefield again yesterday, so as to be sure that I understood it all before writing my report. I was but the more impressed with the great difficulties of the undertaking and the magnitude of the success. Did I tell you that our losses at South Mountain and Antietam amounted to within one or two hundred of fifteen thousand? That we took some six thousand prisoners, thirty-nine colors, fourteen guns, fourteen thousand five hundred small arms, etc., etc. Pretty fair trophies after a battle so stubbornly contested. Yesterday I received at last a telegram from Halleck about the Battle of Antietam. I don't know where we are drifting, but do not like the looks of things. Time will show. I do not yet know what are the military plans of the gigantic intellects at the head of the government. End of chapter 37